This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode number 67. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. And John, we're just two weeks away from being inappropriately filthy. That's always a good time. Right? So, what's up with you? Appropriate filthy? I don't think there's an appropriate filthy, no. Not in in the podcast world. In the podcast world, it's all inappropriate all the time. Correct. Correct. So anyway, so, uh, what's up with you? Oh, not much. In, enjoying the beautiful summer weather, you know, that oscillates very quickly between scorching hot and humid and humid, and then really nice and almost tropical, and then oh. right back to humid, and then raining, and... Well, you know, it's Maine. It's July 3rd. Two weeks to summer. Yep. I mean, two weeks to winter. So, I mean, two months to winter. So, <laughs> and two more months to no, come before winter hits. Uh, but, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It's so gross you can't open the windows because then it, it's, it may be temperature wise cooler outside, but with the humidity, no. Opening the yep. windows does nothing but make your house a big sticky business mass. Exactly. So then you put on the air conditioner, which automatically means you got to raise the decibel level of your TV about, yep. you know, 20 or 30 points and, Rock the house down to the foundation so that you can hear it over the AC. Or you could be me not having air conditioner because I have one. That's terrible. Well, okay, so here's the deal. I have one. I just don't. So you lied to our listeners. No, I didn't lie to the listeners. I have an air conditioner. It's not installed. I don't have the, um, it needs, I need a mounting bracket to prep on the side of the house. Okay. It's too big. Like, the one I had on the old house that fit there was a handmade one that my grandfather made, and it fit perfect, but the windowsills here are different, so it doesn't give it enough support, and it would probably just fall out. This thing is stupidly huge. Um, so Yeah, I have that problem. Yeah, so I need to get some sort of mounting unit to mount it up on the house. Well, the only room my wife wants it in is our bedroom, which is on the second floor, which then means I need to get a giant friggin' pair of uh, telescoping ladder to do all this, and I, I don't have one of those. So, essentially, what's going to come down to is we're just not going to have it. We'll just have to put fans on and deal with it. That's unfortunate. Eh, you know what, though? It builds character in the kids. Uh yeah, that's the route that, I'm going. I'm going that's ignorant the, dad route. I was going to say, the, the cheap dad yeah. anthem. <laughs> Everything builds character, puts hair on your chest. Yeah. yeah. It's a great life experience. Yep. So, uh, what'd you watch this week, John? I watched um, an eclectic gathering of televised programs. I myself watched, I, I had some screen time this week, but I've also, I did some, some reading. Oh. And a lot of my screen time was the fact that WWE Network put a bunch of old Madison Square Garden shows from the 70s up. And I uh. kind of hooked on those. But I did watch some, uh, 
some programming pertinent to our uh, our show here. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know that for me at least, mm-hmm. the highlight of this week. Well, not the best thing that I watched, but the highlight was on Sunday the return of Preacher. I did not watch it. Really? Yes. Yes. Really. Um. I, I sent you even a specific message yes. saying, don't there forget, there was two episodes. Yeah, I know, I know. And you were like, oh, good to know. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'm all on top of this. I'm yeah. keeping him informed. Yes, you did. You did your part. I did not do my part. <sighs> that, so that's here, here, here's what we can do. I, I can remove my headset, and you can <laughs> talk about it for a few minutes if you'd like. No, because half the fun of this show is talking about it going With, back and forth. Yeah, or we can just wait and just do a big recap. I think we'll have to do a big recap five weeks from now when you finally sit down and watch them. I will be. I am. I am going on unpaid vacation, effective uh, Friday when I get out of work in the morning. Uh, all right. Because you know the the shutdown and all, they don't like to pay us on vacation. <clears throat> um, so I will have plenty of time to get caught up over the weekend. So when we record, when we sit down and record, either Sunday, Monday, uh, I'll be all caught up. What I will say is that there were two episodes, Sunday and Monday. Yep. Uh, I did not watch Talking Preacher afterwards because I didn't realize it was on, and I don't feel that I really missed a lot. I'm sure that there was some good witty banter and such, but yeah. um, I will say that the episodes were much more like you remember how the first season it started off a little slow i mean obviously it was when we saw genesis flying through the earth and infecting different preachers and stuff it was a little bit cool but um you know the the show itself took a little while to really get up to speed um yes nice slow build yep this season it does not like oh good it's it's moving already i know i use this phrase a lot but it hit the ground running you know There's a lot of action. There's a lot of movement. Um, there's a lot of crazy, and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah. I look you know, forward to your perusal. And You know what show that we currently watch is full of a lot of crazy that I think we both really enjoy and love? Would that be Blood Drive? That would be Blood Drive. Blood Drive. You know, this is just an enjoyable show. It really is. Uh, episode 3, Still City Nightfall. Um, pretty, pretty like neat concept as far as, oh, their car breaks down. They don't have the part, but they're next to this town that has parts, but they can't go in there because there's basically some sort of creatures that were created from a infection of, of, of gasoline additive that got into the water supply that made these people explode when they're exposed to light, which is interesting. But they also um, crave gasoline now. But they crave gasoline and apparently eating people. Yep. Yeah, that made them cannibalistic, gasoline craving, dark humanoid dwellers. <laughs> I was like, there's some kind of chud in there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. And I'm glad you picked up on that. I'm a bit concerned. Ratings have uh, dropped dramatically from episode one to three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've cut in half, essentially. Yep. So I'm hoping that we at least get the rest of the season, uh, and we don't have some big cliffhanger if they decide not to renew it. But again, I'm talking about sci-fi ratings. I mean, in the Canada, in Canada, it could be tremendously huge there. Exactly. 
But you got to think about it. When you're making a TV show that is about automobiles that uh, operate on human blood, um, you got a target audience you're looking for. <laughs> and it's pretty narrow. You know, you're definitely not shooting for the casual viewer who's sitting around, mom up late night with baby crying, flipping through the channels, you know. Right. Uh, you're not, that's not the, that's not your The retirement audience. home is not your, yeah. your audience. So maybe they're, maybe they're happy with the rating because it's more than what they expected. Who knows? Um, sci-fi is in my history with them. Once they put a show on, they keep it on through the season. Like if they've got a full season of something, yes. even if the ratings tank, they will keep it on and then they'll cancel it afterwards. They're not like some of these like ABCs and NBCs where, you know, things start looking bad and they're like, pull the episodes. Yes. Let's run reruns of game shows. No, you're absolutely right. Sci-fi will actually will air out the rest of the season if they even if they decide to cancel it. So that that is good. And sci-fi does tend to air those shows that are basically targeted at a specific audience. And you know, so again, maybe the rating they're getting is like, yeah, yep. Uh, when you have low price, when you have low standards, then you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, think when you have a TV channel though called sci-fi, you, you're you're narrowing your band of who you're going to grab, anyways. Oh yeah. You might as well just say nerds and geeks come here. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. So anyways, I, go ahead. I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to look this up to verify, which I probably will do a little later if I remember, but I'm pretty sure that that god-awful Van Helsing show that we hated yes. <clears throat> from last season is coming back for another season. Oh, well, shit. If that made it, then there's no way this one's not. Yeah, that's my thought. Um, this episode, all right, so you know the backstory that they have going on with this partner, and he's being reprogrammed and had some yeah. giant shaft driven into his stomach or whatever it was, antenna or some shit, and then the odd girl who can electrocute him with her mind, blah, blah, blah. And does weird, like, Vogue dance moves. Yeah, not a fan of that storyline. It's distracting almost. I think I'd rather just see, you know, the... Uh, I'd rather just see, like... um What's going on with the races? Yes. You know, like, and, I, and Julian. Yes, it was quite, well, Julian Slink is a great character. I like what's going on with him. And then, you know, the racers, uh, you know, obviously our main characters, Grace and Arthur. You know, I, I want to see what's going on with them. I, I don't care about this, this, this backstory. And I know it's going right. to come around full circle at some point, I realize, but I, I still don't care about this backstory. Right. Um, I loved. The conference call bit in this. Holy God, that was my it, favorite part. It was hilarious. Like, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> because we've all been on conference calls oh and can God. relate to that yes, for sure. Yes, we can. Oh, it's infuriating. And I love how they kept getting his name wrong. And then <laughs> Yes, Jonathan. Uh, and then, like, three hours later, you know, I was, oh, we got to see more. He's like, well, they... They they fucked going into the finish line. I don't <laughs> I don't see how you can build from there. Right. Uh, and I we like need how more they clown dick. Got to have some clown dick. <laughs> it, it was um. They kept like contradicting themselves. They're like, we want more Arthur. And then like later on, they'd be like, now we've seen too much Arthur. Can we focus on some of the other racers? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, uh, because it's just like those stupid conference calls. You do just talk in circles. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've got some notes. Notes. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, basically the episode is they go to this old uh, car factory town 
where the only people left hide in, in, in enclosures with the lights on. And uh, they are essentially, oh gosh, what, what's the... What's the term I want to use? It's like it's a it's your typical cubicle dweller office staff who uh, the office Sharpen spewing middle managers. Yes, yes. The the office runs on jargon spewed middle managers is absolutely perfect. Um, but which, uh, by the way, they call what we talk like jargon. Exactly. Yes. It was ridiculous. You know, they're sitting there. Everything that they say, you know, they're like, let's take the 10,000-foot approach, run it up the flagpole and see who salutes, and then maybe we can put together a straw man solution to find out which way the wind blows. Right. I mean, even to the point where that one girl gets killed, and she's like, liquidated. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, it's clever in the writing is what I mean, how they how they did all that. Um, But, yeah. So they go there to get the car parts, and uh, their car is discovered, and they bring the car in for some reason. <clears throat> and then, essentially, when Arthur and Grace break in, they try to get their car back. They leave the back door open for all the baddies to come in, and everyone's killed. Yep. Yeah. But one key thing they discover is that the uh, the, the, the gasoline additive that created these monsters that's, that's coursing through their veins apparently acts like a nitrous booster to the uh, flesh-eating engine. Right. Yeah. Which kind of made sense logically, because look what it did to the humans who ingested it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It didn't make a little bit of sense. And The, uh, uh, the creatures were called glimmers. Thank you. They're because glimmers. their eyes glimmered. And that's kind of... Uh, on the conference call at one point, you know, they'd said it like 15 times. And then we're on the conference call and the, the, one of the guys was talking to Julie and he's like, now what are these things? They're called, what are they called? Glimmers. And he's like, yes, they said the name like five times. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like he's playing the part of us audience members, exactly, you know, listening yes. to the executives and the, uh, the heart corporations who created this gasoline additive, which caused the glimmers to be created. So once again, Arthur's got more uh, more ammo lined up in his, for his, uh, his campaign against the Hart Corporation. <laughs> Seems to be running everything and has their hands in everything. Which is very, very much an 80s trope. You know, it's oh, a Bond massive. kind of trope. Oh, yeah. Um, which I love in this situation. You know, yes. it's, it's childish, but the whole show is childish. Uh, well, um, go ahead. I was just going to say... This episode, we finally got to meet uh, Dommy and Cliff, the two driving in the hybrid car. Yes. I enjoyed their their sociopathic backstory. Yes, I enjoyed it much more than I expected to. Yeah. Like, I thought that this was going to be... Originally, with her name of Dommy, I thought that she was the dominatrix and he was his... He was her, you know, slave. Yeah. And they were even leading that way in the first scene that we see them this episode. You know, like she's got the eye mask on and she's sleeping and he doesn't want to listen to the radio station anymore. He's getting sick of this music. But he's like very trepidatious about reaching over and changing the channel. And he finally gets up the balls, too. And she like snaps at him. She's like, I will rip off your fingers and shove them up a monkey's ass and make you chase them. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going for the dominatrix thing. No, they're just a married couple. Yes, they're just a married couple whose spark has gone away. Yeah. Uh, but, but they also, but boy, do they rekindle it by the end. Yeah, they're, they're basically uh, natural-born killers. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they have a cool or a bag in the back that has Ziploc gallon sized bags with body parts from the different people that they have murdered and tortured over the years. Yep. From the bellhop on their wedding night to, you know, each one has a backstory. Oh, the foot. Oh, this bag of blood. Oh, this skull. Oh, Oh, we can't get rid of that. We can't get rid of that. Yeah, a priest skull who was their first decapitation. Yes. Yeah. I like um it's 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 weird. It's almost like they both feel the other ones kind of lost their edge. Yeah. But they but, they, but they've gone but it's it's like any relationship where you don't have any communication you end mm-hmm. up where you're at and then when you actually communicate you realize, "Oh, well, I like pina coladas and so don't you." <laughs> so let's uh let's get back let's let's keep this going. Now we're gonna kill some people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um our heroes though come in almost last once again, so they're not being put over as very good racers. Not only that, but did you notice that we have yet to have an episode where her car doesn't break down in some way? Yep, I've noticed that as well. She dev her car, although it looks badass, definitely has its issues. Yeah. Yeah. The the first episode she was out of gas and, and I can't remember, but something broke down on it. The second episode, it was "quote unquote" sabotaged. Yeah, and then it overheated, and it had to be repaired that way. Yep, yep. And now we have the uh, bent rim because she got a flat tire. Yep, and she cracked something else as well. Yep, it wasn't just that; it was like a drive shaft was also cracked or something. But, Which uh, they never fixed. Yeah, they never fixed any of that shit. They just race off on the spare. Yeah, right. The donut. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, essentially, the only reason why they didn't uh, didn't get their heads blown up is because Clown Dick stopped short of the finish line, was making googly eyes at some girl because of tits. Yep, yeah. tits caused him. Grace, to- Grace said, "I hope there's tits at the finish line," and he's like, "Why?" And it's because Clown Dick pulled over at the finish line to ogle some titties. Yep, and so they race past him. I like uh, Julian's like uh, Clown Dick. Uh, should really cross. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and he just basically tells him off. He's like, all right, whatever. And then he blows yep. the set up. So. Yep. Clown Dick so, is no more. And we lost Fat Elvis last episode to the cannibals. Yes. Okay, yes. Fat, yes. Fat Elvis. The uh, pool of racers is diminishing. It is. It is diminishing. Not And not just because of. Here's the thing. All right. The, the general public has to know about this race that's going on. Mm-hmm. So why would the married couple pull off on the side of the road to make out? I don't know. Or did they run out of gas, and so they're just like, screw it, let's make out? <laughs> no, I feel like they were just, this was a conscious decision. Like, let's pull over here and just have sex on the side of a highway. And we're not talking like in a rest stop. No, like literally, no, literally pulled literally into on the, the side of the road. Yeah, They're on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. and the sociopath couple decides not to kill him, uh, but then Clown Dick does. And then yep. the wife has passed. They got our kill. Well, that wasn't yours. You left. Kept on driving. That's right. Exactly. No, it's, it's a great show. Uh, they're setting up uh, with they're, they're they're coming in so that uh, Grace and Arthur are going to take a detour to try and go get her sister out of the insane asylum. It looks like next episode. Yep. The preview looks great. Yeah, and um, you know she's trying to buy off. I can't think of who it is, but the little uh, um, the gentleman and the scholar. Yeah. They're trying yes. to buy off the scholar to uh, rig the rig the control device so that the way they can't track them for a few hours. Right. She does so with a jar of uh, Glimmerman additive. Yeah, yeah, Glimmerman ghoul. So 
but yeah. Good times. I enjoyed it. We forgot to mention one thing from last week's episode. Oh, yeah, what's that? That was, that was really fun. Um, <clears throat> with the whole melee going on of all the cannibals attacking the racers and trying to kill them and, yes. you know, the guy who runs the diner escaping. Yeah. There was one scene where Ribbone, the big, burly trucker guy, comes out and stops the melee just by going, hey! And everybody had stopped and they all stared at him and he's like, Whose truck is that? Oh, God, because yes. Because there was a pickup truck there with a little tiny chihuahua-like <laughs> thing on the dashboard, looking all terrified and petrified. And, like, he marches across. And he's like, whose truck is this? And one guy raises his hand. And he's like, you left your dog in there with the windows up. And, like, headbutts him and beats him to death. Yep. And then takes And then the, the melee goes back on. And he opens up the door and picks up the dog. And he's like, it's okay. It's going to be all right. And then they, like, they do the whole freeze frame on the dog like they did with all the other racers and we meet Caligula. Yeah. The dog. Um by the way, get ready to take complaints like that of people calling because someone left their dog in the vehicle and the windows are up. Yeah. Or, or they're cracked but it's still too hot. Right. Or the heroes break into someone else's vehicle and then are appalled when they're charged with criminal mischief for damaging like, someone else's property. Like yeah. the video of the pregnant woman who mowed down that guy who stole her purse in the parking lot at Walmart. Oh, exactly, yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, she got him, she's a hero, but no, she murdered might have someone. paralyzed. Yeah, so yeah. she she will be charged for that as well. Yep. Anywho. Good times. Off, off, to, off to cop talk. Yep. Uh, so uh, I got to, I did watch the, all, all the time in the world, Dark Matter, the loop episode. Yes. And I really loved it. I loved it because, like you said, it started right out in, like, the, this has already been going on. It's, yep. In his mind, it's already established, and they did a great job because most people who watch anything sci-fi related like this are familiar with time loop episodes. Even people who are not related to sci-fi or don't watch a lot of sci-fi have most likely seen Groundhog Day. Uh, I don't know. Not anymore, I don't know. I think that movie's old enough where the general masses haven't watched that. Hmm. That'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, I think I feel like I feel like Oh, it's like me mentioning all oh, the old print track cat system kinda reminded me of MS DOS and the kid looks at me and goes, What's MS DOS? You know what I mean? Like uh. it's like, How old are you? I'm twenty four. How do you not I like I realize there's a a gap, but you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff that you and oh, yeah. I are so used to, and we're not old by any means. Right. But there's stuff you and I are so used to that has just gone away, or now that you look back at it, we are old enough to go, oh, I guess that was, you know, 25 years ago. Yep. So, that's how I kind of feel like where Groundhog's Day falls in, for the general mm. masses. See, for me, I, I get what you're saying, but for me, it's like, um, there are certain things that are kind of timeless, like that one or uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with you by any means, but I just, I don't know. I I just, I feel like there's a disconnect there that we're so familiar with this stuff, we assume other people are, and I'm discovering more and more lately that they're just not. Gotcha. Or they've never seen it. Like, my barber, who is a couple years older than me, has never seen The Princess Bride. See, that's just odd. That's Somehow, like an yeah. active choice at that point. Right, yeah. And I'm like, you've never watched The Princess Bride. And she's like, no, I've never seen it. I'm like, I have to bring you my DVD so you can borrow that. Because you need to watch The Princess Bride. Like, everyone does. You know? So, anyways. Mm-hmm. But moving on. Most sci-fi people are familiar with the time loop theory. 
Um, and they did a great job of this one. Yes. And adding people into it. But I will say this. <clears throat> when the android tried to uh, affect the device, and she got stuck in the loop that she got stuck in, mm-hmm. I wasn't really satisfied with that conclusion. No? No. Because basically, like, she goes, like, I don't know, million, hundreds of years, or whatever, hundred years into the future, and, what was it, uh, five? It's like, oh, I'm old now, everyone's dead, you gotta destroy the clock. And so she does. Right. But we don't know how it worked, how it happened, what affected it. But they also don't discover, like, the guy that was assassin, how he got on their ship, how they knew where they were. They don't discover any of that. Right. Because he, he got stuck in the walls of the ship, which was kind of a really cool gruesome end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great episode. It was a great episode. Right. Um, but then, going into the most recent episode, I wasn't as impressed. Neither was I. Yeah. <clears throat> and in fact, I recalled our conversation from the last two episodes. You know, Well, the first two episodes... And what you were saying about how you just weren't feeling it and it just yeah. wasn't enjoyable. And that was this one. Yeah. This, I mean, again, time loop was awesome. Most recent episode. It took a couple times for me to watch it because I actually dozed off watching it. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, uh, I was sitting at the computer playing a game and I threw it on in the background and I kept looking over and, you know, I'd, I'd be like, okay, yep, I got it. I got it. I was keeping up on it, but I never felt like I really, was missing anything. You know, there was never a point where I had to rewind. If I looked up and I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on right now. I'd be like, eh, who cares? They'll either explain it in the next scene or they won't. I don't yeah. really care. But then I did the yeah. same thing with the premiere of this season's episode of Killjoys. And I did the exact same thing. And by the end of it, I said, I need to save this because I want to sit down and actually watch this one and pick up on everything. Yeah. Not so much with dark matter though. Yeah, I just I hope the season doesn't. I hope this isn't a boring season. Well, so far it is, yeah, in my opinion. I know. Oh, I, mean, I agree. Had- I mean, like I know we're five episodes in. You know, we got like what eight or nine more to go, and I just I. Not I've really it. enjoyed the first couple seasons so much, but it's almost yep. like they've they've gotten themselves rather quickly in the storyline to a point where mm-hmm. it's like I don't care about this. And I think it has a lot to do with Ford discovering who he is and leaving the crew, and now he's he's against them. Right. You know, I think... Which uh, is really getting annoying. Yeah, it is. Because, because they have to keep shifting back. Like, the perspective has to keep shifting back to yeah. him and what's going on. You know, and this one, the most recent one, was someone's trying to assassinate him. But we all know, because, again, looking at this show, everything is pretty much, if you've seen a sci-fi show, you've seen this stuff. Yeah. Um, Sad to say, but that's what it is. Um, but we all know that it's his little lieutenant there, or, you know, se- the captain of his guard. Yeah. She's just setting this up and making it look like someone's trying to assassinate him so that he'll rely more on her and she can oh, go, I told yeah. you so, I told you so. Yeah. It, it's not even a stretch of the imagination to think that that's what's going on. And that's what makes it kind of lame. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, let's see what else. What else did you watch, John? Well, I want to take a step back, kind of like with the Caligula thing. I forgot to talk about a show last week. Oh, okay. And it was that we had the season finale of American Gods. And oh. 
Yeah. I, I too forgot to talk about a show last week, which was just, you know, a continuing update of uh, Orange is the New Black, so. Oh, that's right. Anyways, go ahead. See, I didn't watch that much this week, so this kind of covers for it. So, basically, uh, American Gods was only eight episodes. and That is a short run. That is a short run. It's got a second season coming in 2018, so they're already working on the second season. But I think eight episodes is kind of lame. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Ash vs. Evil Dead pulls it off, but they'd pull it off with style. Right. Um, essentially, we got more answers uh, in this one, but it's still not giving us all the answers. The uh, This one was all about Jesus and Easter, and the visuals were great. It was kind of cool because uh, they stop off at this big house. It's not a mansion, but it's like a big fancy house and there's beautiful flowers and blossoming trees everywhere. And uh, this is the Easter celebration. And we're introduced to Kristen Chenoweth's character, who is Ostara, the original goddess of spring, uh, of Easter, etc. Easter is her holiday. But it's kind of been co-opted by Jesus. You know, that's what a lot of the Christianity derivatives believe Easter is about, the resurrection in one form or another. And it's funny because there are hundreds of Jesuses there. And we're not talking like guys in costumes. It's just different depictions of Jesus. So, you know, there's like the one with the wounds in his hands, and there's the old man Jesus, and there's even the little baby suckling on Mary's teat Jesus. And... uh the guy who played Daniel on Lost, uh, Daniel, I can't even remember, yeah, but he was the, yeah, yeah. Talking about. he's the Jesus that has the glowing halo behind his head, not on top of, but the sphere behind his head. Um, so we meet all different kinds of Jesuses and essentially Wednesday is there to convince Ostara that, you know, we need to take back what it comes down to is the old gods are no longer being worshiped. It's an, it's become like an atheistic society. There's the Catholic Christian thing. There's a few other religions out there, but the old school gods are now myths. We tell them as like mythology stories and stuff like that. And they're tired of that. And they want to have worship again, because if people worship them, then they get stronger. And if they get stronger, then they can perform more miracles and do more shit and stuff like that. So, that's what he's been doing is recruiting these other older gods to help bring back followers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's talking to her and she's like, you know, no, I can't really help you because she has a deal with media media being one of the new gods, you know, technology is a new God. Media is a new God and Mr. World who I'm thinking is like social media or the, ability for us to all be so connected to each other all the time, which is basically social media. Um, so these are the new gods that are essentially worship. Nobody's bowing down to their TV, but you know, look at us. We're doing a podcast about the shows that we watched and we're talking about them with reverence. And, um, so, so media has had a deal with Ostara for a while because Easter has basically been taken over by Jesus. But, Media helps Ostara stay young and vibrant by shows about Easter and the Easter Bunny and Easter candy commercials and stuff like that and keeping people thinking of flowers for your Easter gal and stuff like that. So we we get a bit of a showdown out on her front lawn where 
media and techno boy and mr world all show up and they're like look you guys are old you're out of the game go f yourselves and wednesday convince it like wednesday reveals himself to shadow in again like if you know anything you know he's odin but he like has this whole big i am this and, the, and he's got all these different names that odin has been called over the years and um basically says, I am Odin and I am all powerful and big thunder and lightning. And he strikes down some of the uh, thugs that were there helping the new gods. And Ostara realizes that, you know, yeah, I want to be a god again and I want to be worshipped, etc. And she takes back spring, which was a very interesting visual. She basically just sucks up all the leaves budding on trees and all the flowers and the grasses and everything like that and sucks them all up and says people can have spring back when they start worshiping me again so that was kind of interesting um but then we've still got this goddamn bullshit storyline pardon my french where shadow's dead wife has now showed up at this place and the the leprechaun talks to Ostara about bringing her back to life so that he can get his coin back and she's like I can't interfere because she looked into her soul she looked into her eye and caught the last image of her death before she died and it turns out that Wednesday had her killed big surprise you know nothing's really shocking at this point yeah had her killed to put shadow on his path so she's like I can't intervene here and bring her back to life she was killed by a god and we close the episode and the season with the leprechaun and Laura Moon standing on this balcony looking down on all these gods there. And Laura's like, I want a moment with my husband. And Shadow turns around and sees her and gets this big, stupid, shitting grin on his face. Now, the last time he saw her, she was being mean and abusive, and he was really pissed off that she was back to life. And, and why are you alive again? He was not happy to see her. And she's being mean and abusive, and she's like, oh, aren't you still my puppy? And he's like, no. And he walked out, and he left her, and he was done. That's how he left things. Now he sees her again, and he's like, oh, this is my girl. And then it just goes to black, and we're done. I didn't like that. <sighs> I'm, I, I, are you even going to watch the second season? Because it doesn't sound like you want to. I don't want to. I will probably watch the first episode to see if they pick it up. You know how sometimes like a show has a first season and they go in a specific direction, and then by the second season they're like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Okay. Yeah. I want to see if they try this. If they try like letting us in more to the world or letting us understand more about what's going on instead of trying to keep it all secretive. Yep. So that would be the reason for me to check out the first episode of the second season, but I'm not sold otherwise. This is no Westworld. You know, this is no Game of Thrones. It's not compelling me. Right. Fair enough. So I tried a new show this week. Okay. Um, it's not really a new show, new show. I mean, it's, it's a BBC show. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, Shetland. Okay. And it's basically, it's like a, a detective show. It's a quick synopsis. Detective Inspector Jimmy Perez and his team face storms and corruption, cold cases and more, as they investigate murders on the remote Shetland Islands. So that's kind of neat, you know what I mean? You're in a, a place where you have to take the ferry from the mainland to get there a lot, so you have a, you know, a, a confined population, you have everyone knows everybody type of thing, and, you know, things are done differently on the islands, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. 
Gotcha. Anyway, so there's three seasons on Netflix. The first season is literally two episodes. It's called Red Bones, and it's based on the, the show is based on a book. And the book is called Red Bones. And then the second season, because you know how the BBC shows are, they're short season type of things. Pretty the second much, season yeah. has six episodes, but it, there's only three stories. So each story is two episodes. And then the third season, again, six episodes. Um, and only three stories. So, uh, some of the accents on this show are so thick, I had to turn the subtitles on. <laughs> I've had to do that with the past season of uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't had to do that at all with Doctor Who. I've been good there, but on this show, they are so thick. I'm just like, I have no idea what he just said. I heard, like, two people talking, and I completely understood one. The other one was literally must have been speaking a foreign language. <laughs> uh, so I turned the subtitles on, and with the subtitles, as you're reading what they're saying, you actually can hear what they're saying a lot better. Yep. Um, but not to go into too great a detail, I only watched the first episode so far. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm not familiar with the cast. The lead actor looks kind of cool. I haven't researched it yet. This is more of like a, um, I got to throw something on. What do I want to watch? Um, all right, let's just check this out. I put it on my list a long time ago because I'm having a really hard time, like, um, committing to watching movies lately. Okay. Because it's like, I don't want, I, 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 <sighs> This is going to sound so weird. I don't want to make the commitment of sitting down for an hour and a half to two hours to watch one thing. Because it's like, I don't really seem like I have that time to do it if I'm unsure of it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But like, I'd be willing to sit down and risk watching a 40-minute TV show. And if I really like I can fire on another episode or whatever. So, excuse me, I have the hiccup suddenly. I'm, I'm really getting into um, watching more of... TV than movies. Not okay. saying I don't like movies, but I'm hoping to not have to make a, a, a huge commitment, I guess. I don't know. I don't gotcha. Know. But anyways, this was uh, quite enjoyable. And uh, I, I, I'm going to keep watching it, and uh, I don't know. It's, if you like crime dramas or crime stuff or whatever, then you should definitely check it out. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Hey. Yes. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Yes. So um, uh, we have two episodes left of this season, the wife and I. And the season so far, we've had ten episodes. And I think, time-wise, I think we've gone two days. Um, okay. Because the whole season so far has been about the riot. And that's how this season, last season, ended. was with the start of it. And now we're, we're continuing it. And they're just negotiating... The prisoners are trying to negotiate because they have hostages that are guards. At least they did until this episode. But, you know, they have hostages. They're trying to negotiate with the governor, trying to negotiate with the prison. Because uh, the prison is not state-run or government-run. It's it's privately run uh, from a private corporation. So, like, all these side stories are going on. And it's 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 not a bad episode. not a bad season at all. Uh, at first, the idea, I thought, they, there's no way this whole season can be just about the riot, because it's not going to be interesting, because time-wise, it's like, I'm not going to say you're watching things in real time, but you kind of, pretty close to R, you know? Um, not a lot of time's going by, so everything dramatic is happening all at once. Everyone's mood changes, all the storylines, everything else like that, so I'm like, it's not going to be that good, but it's actually been quite enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. I, I I didn't have a lot of confidence in them pulling off a whole season on about the riot, but 
with two episodes left, obviously that's how it's going to go, and I, I got to say they do a really good job with it. So. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it seems like it went by quickly, huh? It really has. Like it's it has gone by very quickly. So, yeah. Um, I only have one other television show to talk about. Well, oh, uh, yeah. Other than the big one, I'm assuming. No, I mean we have, we have Doctor Who. I don't have anything besides Doctor Who TV wise to talk about. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'll recap a couple of things real quick. Um, Downward Dog, as you mentioned last time, is canceled. Yes. I, I'd love to see another network pick it up or maybe like Hulu pick it up because it is a very enjoyable show. Uh, the last two episodes were fun, um, very self-reflective, etc. Um, but, you know, when the show comes out on like Netflix or Hulu or something like that, I, I strongly urge people to check it out. You know, it's a fun little 21 minute show and uh, really has some deep insights and profound uh, knowledge from a dog dog's point of view but you know can be very applicable to human life which is kind of the meaning behind it but yeah i really like that um and this was also the week that we had the season finale of i zombie well part two of the season finale of i zombie and and man i gotta tell you like i i've been praising this show the whole season that it's been on and saying that it's a great show and that people should check it out you know this was the third season and they're set up for a fourth season they are getting it uh but this season finale really one thing I will say about this show is that it keeps building like the first season was really good and it had some localized conflicts and it had some like some great characters. This show is really built on its characters and it had some great characters. The second season, they really built on that. They made the stakes a bit higher. And by the time you got to the end, you were like, wow, this is actually really big. It's not something that takes place in like this is Seattle, Washington. Right. And it's not something that just takes place in the local police precinct or, you know, like Law and Order, any of the Law and Order shows, you know that they take place in all of New York. But when you think of Law and Order, you think of either the courtroom that they always show or the bullpen, you know, where the the cops are doing their job yeah, it's very yeah. you know it's it's all focused on that the the world really does become part of the show in i zombie like there is so much development of it as like a character uh and by the end of the second season you're like wow this is pretty big the end of this season it got huge like even the first part of the episode of the finale, I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. This will be a good season finale. By the time the second episode was over and the season was done, I was like, holy crap. They just flipped everything. Like the world got even bigger. The characters are even more well defined. I friggin love this show. This is a great show. And you're really people out there. You're doing yourself a disservice by not watching it. If you like zombies if you like fun stuff if you liked veronica mars because it's the same guy it's rob thomas same guy who did veronica mars if you like that kind of stuff you are not doing yourself any favors by missing this show i seriously can't recommend it highly enough i believe the first two seasons are either on hulu or netflix this season just got done so it'll probably be on one or the other very shortly and it's really a fun show. I can't recommend well, it highly. Enough. It's a CW show, correct? Yes. Well, they have their own app, so I don't. Oh, CWC. So yes, I wouldn't be on. Um, well, the C. Well, actually, they have, they have two apps. There's the CWC app, and then there's just the CW app. Actually. Okay. Um. So I I wouldn't. I don't think it'll be on Hulu. 
But okay. There is a great possibility that it is on Netflix because a lot of the CW shows like Supernatural and whatnot, um, when they're, as soon as their season was over, was on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Within like a day or two, right? Yeah. So let's see here. iZombie. Yes. The first two seasons of iZombie are on Netflix. Excellent. And I'll bet you the third one will be there within a week. Probably. If it just finished up. All yeah. right. I will, I'll give it a go. It, it's, I've kind of been burnt out by zombie stuff, and I haven't cared about watching zombie-related things for a while. Um, right. And that's probably why I instantly didn't care about it. But, uh, I, I'll give it a go. This is not your typical zombie show. Like I said, these zombies are intelligent. They function in society. And give it a chance, because like one of the first storylines is the fact that you know the main character was turned into a zombie, and so it ruined her life. Her fiance, she she's not with her fiance anymore. She's not at the job she wanted to do. So it sounds almost like CW girly drama, but trust me, stick with it. It gets awesome, like within an episode or two. So I did not forget. Somehow I forgot, but I did not forget. And I know I just talked about how I haven't watched movies lately. <laughs> but I did watch a couple movies. One I forgot to talk <laughs> about last week, and then one I was planning on talking about this week. They're okay. not on DVD yet, but they're doing this new thing now where you can go on Amazon, and like a month before they come out on DVD, you can watch it digitally. Nice. And that's, uh, have you seen Life yet? Ryan Reynolds, uh, no, Jake, Jake no, Gyllenhaal, whatever. So it's, it's I can't. Never <laughs> All I was thinking of was the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence movie from right, way yeah. back, and I'm like, God, um, no. Anyway, so both the, this movie, so you can go watch Life on on Amazon right now. Um, it comes out on DVD. I want to say mid July in a couple more weeks or whatever. Um, essentially, what what the film is about is uh, space station, International Space Station. They collect a like a uh, orbiter vehicle from that's been on Mars collecting samples, and as they're going through the samples, they find life, if you will. They find the proof of, of alien life. And of course, things don't go well. Um, and so it's a sci-fi thriller movie with an alien killer, if you will. And um, it's a good flick. Like It's way better than I thought it was going to be. It starts out a little slow for my liking, really picks up, and then it's actually kind of a short movie. It's not as long as I thought it was going to be, or it just ended really fast. I don't want to give away the ending, because I, I just don't. You need to watch it. But um, it's a solid flick. And I recommend, you know, when it red boxes, or if you want to go and get on Amazon right now for five bucks or whatever, it's worth watching. Nice. Yeah. Is it and don't give anything away because I do want to watch it, but I, I have to ask, is it essentially like a, a type of thing like The Thing or Alien or something where most of the movie is, well, I'm guessing the, like the first third of the movie is just getting to know the characters and they bring the thing on board, but a lot of it is like the heightened adrenaline fear of something unknown yes. hunting us down. And okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. It doesn't exactly. make me want to watch no, it any less. It, just, you no, know, you're right. It's exactly like that. It's like the thing. It's like Alien. You know, you have people that are in a confined space, rather it be because of weather elements or a spaceship or whatever it is. In this case, it's a space station, you know, the International Space Station. And they're, they're quote-unquote, cut off from the rest of the world, if you will. And they have a unknown 
creature that's coming after them. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, it's a good story. I mean, when you, when you think about it in that concept, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's like the thing. It's like Alien. It's the same story. It's just told in a different way, which I guess, yeah, very true. But, um, they do a good job with it. And I enjoyed good. it. And it had a great ending. Excellent. But I thought it had a great ending, but I'm a bit morbid. So whatever. But again, Thanks. I don't want to give it away. I want people to go watch it. Right. So. Right. Um, and then the other movie I watched, which I am going to ruin a little bit because I am going to ruin it. I don't care. Kong Skull Island. Oh, okay. That also comes out in a couple of weeks on DVD, but you can go watch it on Amazon right now. I love this movie. Really? Yes. Uh, it, it's it's they're doing a. It's part of the new like uh, monster movie like universe that they're doing. You know, Marvel's got their universe. DC's got theirs. You know the. Universal horror um, characters, they're doing theirs now over there with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and the mummy and on and on and on. Well, this is the, I don't know, kaiju monster universe or whatever you want to call it. Started with Godzilla back in 2000, was it 14 or 15? 14. Something like that, yeah. Started with Godzilla. A lot of people panned it and hated it because you didn't see Godzilla until like halfway through it. And even then, you only saw glimpses until basically the end. They do not go that route in this movie. You see Kong... In the first five minutes. Like, you see him straight away. Excellent. And, and then, you know, they... they. I also love the fact that the movie takes place in, like, 1973. Because it's, it, it gives credence to, oh, this is an island that we didn't know existed because we don't have satellites to map the whole world yet. However, we just are getting satellites, and it caught a glimpse of this. You know what I mean? So it gives the credence to how we can have this uncharted, undiscovered island still. Gotcha. Even though it's a huge island. I mean, it's a big island, essentially, if you think about it. So, of course, you know, um, they go to the island. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a leader of... Uh, it takes place right at the end of the Vietnam War. And Sam Jackson's character, which they don't get across in the trailer, he is a very... He is... He's very angry that we lost Vietnam. And you know, okay. he, he does the the oh we just you know we we didn't lose this war, we abandoned the cause. No, no, he's he's pissed off that we lost this war. So uh when you know they go and and, and when when they start battling Kong because that's what they do, this becomes his private war. And he will do anything he can to stop this. So he's very tunnel visioned on killing Kong. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, Kong's your hero in this story. Oh, well, that's and, good. Yeah. And it's done really, really good. And I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, this was way better than uh, whoever. What's the guy that did Lord of the Rings? What's his name? That, uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. This is way better than Peter Jackson's King Kong from, you know, several years ago. Way, way better than that. Um, you know, this this was this. I enjoyed this flick. They told the story. Then the story made sense, even with uh, John C. Riley in it playing this typical John C. Riley character. Uh, story made sense. Um, there's a P.S. scene at the end of the credits you got to stick around for. Okay, uh, but I'm going to spoil it. Essentially, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to lay the whole thing out. But basically, what it is is. They're going, oh, Kong's not the only one. There's more. And they start doing a slideshow showing, like, an ancient Chinese 
uh, scroll that has like a, a picture of Godzilla on it, cave drawings with Mothra on it, cave drawings with Rodan on it. So they're showing all these different places around the world where all these ancient tribal people have shown that all these giant mega monsters live. And that's, you know, kind of, that's kicking off. So Godzilla is part of the cinematic universe. Yeah. But basically Kong Skull Island is the starting point. Nice. And it takes place before Godzilla. So it's really kind of cool. So, um, yeah. Oh, and of course the, you know, the island is full of other monsters. You know, Kong's right. not the only one. Yeah, there's a lot of big animals on there, right? Yeah, exactly. And then there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of big animals on it, giant lizards or whatever, but they're not dinosaurs. Um, but yeah, it's it's worth, but we do see a trisor, Triceratops uh, skeleton at one point. But it's it's well worth checking out. I mean, I sincerely say this when I say it's well worth checking out. And they do have more movies coming up in the in the in the in, in this storyline. There's another Godzilla movie coming out. There's a Kong vs. Godzilla movie coming out. Um, yeah, it's worth checking out. Nice. Yeah, I really liked it. So. Yeah, it looked pretty cool when I saw the uh, previews for it. Yeah, it was. It, it was, and it is. So nice. Um, so I watched a couple trailers. Did you watch any trailers? Uh, I did, but before I do that, I wanted to say that I did, as I mentioned earlier, I watched the season premiere of Killjoys this oh, week. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You did touch on that briefly. Go ahead. And I got to say, I'm really upset. I'm oh. like really genuinely upset here, and it's because I don't understand why people can't find Killjoys online. Like, I tried finding it. I tried looking for the first two seasons, and basically sci-fi is like, oh, you can use our app. Or you can go on demand if you have your local cable thing, but it's not readily available on any of the ma- – like Dark Matters on Netflix. I don't know why Killjoys isn't on Netflix. And the reason that this upsets me so much is because unlike Dark Matter, the third season kicked off awesome. Like yeah. this this show has been fun from the get-go, but – I feel like where Dark Matter has gotten more convoluted and more draining on time and resources, this show has not done the same thing. This show just picked right up, and you know, in the end of the second season, Johnny, one of the three you know teammates, had taken off. He was like, "I got to do my own thing. I got to go with this girl." He was devastated because the woman that he loved was killed, and blah blah blah. So he's off doing his own thing, and uh, Dutch and his brother. Uh, Johnny's brother are trying to do their own thing to stop this spreading of this plasma goo that makes people super powerful and super strong, etc. And we get to see both the stories enacted very well. Um, little crossover nods here and there through holographic messages to each other, but it was just so fun. Like I said, I was watching it in the background and I kept catching glimpses of it and I was like, no, I need to sit down and really watch this. And I'm glad that I did because it's great. This show is fun. It's like, it's more fun than Dark Matter at this point, by far, in my opinion. And I only see it getting better and better. You know, the characters that they brought in, they, they keep them updated very well. And the universe is more interactive, you know, whereas on Dark Matter, a lot of it takes place on the ship or with the crew. And 
you know that they're like there's this space station or there's this planet and they kind of like they're, they're tertiary but in this one like they go to different places all the time they visit different people and it's very interactive you feel like you're in the world much more than in say dark matter so i'm really bummed that it's not easier for people to have access to this show but if anybody out there is watching sci-fi type stuff or has on demand or has the sci-fi app that works for them. I recommend it. See, it's similar. There's another sci-fi show that I really want to check out, but I missed the beginning of it. Uh, Expanse. Yes. That's supposed to be awesome, but yep. I can't find it anywhere online either. Yeah. It's so weird that they do that with some of these shows. I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, so onto the trailers. Yes. On to the trailers. So, um, I watched a trailer for Cult of Chucky. Did you end up watching that? Yes. Yeah, I'm not saying it looks like the greatest movie in the world, okay? I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but I will say this. I do like the fact that uh, Andy Barclay's back in the movie. Yep. And it's played by Alex Vincent, who played him in the first movie. Yep. So I and, do and like normally that continuity. I, yeah, normally I'd be like, wow, I'm so glad they brought him back. But then my first thought was, yeah, but what's he really been doing? You know? No, no, it, I, fair enough. But I mean, still, I mean, it, uh, that was 1988 when the movie came out, you know? So yep. they, they could have gotten anyone. But you're right. right. What else has he been doing? Um, you know, I didn't realize this. Curse of Chucky came out in 2013 or 14 or whatever. I, I didn't realize it had already been that long, because I actually really enjoyed ah. that flick. I thought they did that well. I can't believe that they've still got this franchise going. It, it seems well, okay. so odd. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it seems so odd. You know, I agree with you. It, in, in respect to, like, the first movie was, was was decent, I thought. You know, I remember watching when I was a kid. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Second Scary. movie. Yep. Yeah, second movie made sense. And then it got really bad after that. Like, really mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially the one where, like, the, the sex scene, you know, with the two puppets, and then they make a kid, and I don't know, the whole thing. Like, it got really, really bad. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, anyways, uh, but then I think it kind of corrected itself with Curse of Chucky. Okay. Because I actually liked it. I remember watching that one, and I, I enjoyed it. They did a good job with that one. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited about Cult, like, as long as it doesn't get too stupid like the other, like, like part four, five, six, or whatever. Um, right. But I do like the fact, you know, Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky again. Um, the uh, His daughter... Uh, Fiona, who played Nika in The Curse of Chucky, the wheelchair-bound girl, she mm-hmm. is in this movie again as well. And uh, Jennifer Tilly, I don't know if she has a cameo, but she's credited as being in the movie. And basically what it's about is that um, uh, Nika Pierce, who was the girl uh, in the wheelchair from The Curse of Chucky, she has spent the last four years in a mental institution because okay. after all her family members were murdered and no one kind of believed her that, you know, a doll did it. Yep. So her psychiatrist uh, decides, oh, for therapeutic lessons, he's going to bring a good guy doll in. And uh, to say, hey, you know, see, it's just a doll. It can't hurt you, on and on and on. Well, guess what? It's Chucky. 
Um, and somehow Andy finds out about all this, so he heads there to help her. I don't really know how that, uh, how that ties in, but he's in the movie and they're both battling Chucky together. So, whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. And I still remember Brad Dourif's daughter. I never saw Curse of Chucky, but she was Bart in Dark Gently, and I loved her as that, so. Uh, Slightly different role. Right. But I thought, again, I was very surprised how much I like Curse of Chucky. I figured, I watched it for the simple fact that, well, it's a Chucky movie. It's on Netflix. I'm sitting here. Let's watch it. And I was pleasantly surprised. So that's why I'm going to give Call to Chucky, you know, I'm going to give it a chance. Okay. I'm going to give it a chance, man. I don't Um, know that I will because I never watched Curse of Chucky, but I'll look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Um, Another trailer I watched, Death Note. Yes. I know I talked about this before. Um, I just saw the trailer. Looks really good. Comes out August 25th, Netflix original, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yep. Um, I guess a lot of people have a problem with this because it's based on an anime or a manga. Yeah. And so this is a very whitewashed version of it. Yeah, I don't care. I don't either because it looks good. And Willem Dafoe as a creepy demon. I mean, right. I, immediately I'm flashing back to Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man. Exactly. Now, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> I want to touch on this whole whitewashing thing because, like, a lot of people are complaining about the whitewashing of Hollywood on and on and on. And there's some people that are really pissed off. Uh, I've read recently the new Jackie Chan flick I talked about last week, The Foreigner, which looks awesome. Um, people are angry because, oh, another example of Hollywood whitewashing because Pierce Bronson's you know, in the movie, and it's not because when it, it, you know the book originally, it's it's a Vietnamese man, okay. know, not a British guy. And I'm like, by the way, folks, it's not a Hollywood movie. This is actually a Chinese flick <laughs> made by China with a British. You know, it's a Chinese British flick, if you will. Nothing to do with the Hollywood. Nothing to do with America. So redirect your hate nice. and anger on that one. Uh, right. That's great. Yeah, exactly. No, this is a Chinese movie, so blame China for whitewashing it. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, the uh, the trailer for Death Note, essentially, this loser outcast kid, it looks like in the beginning he's with this girl who I'm assuming gets beaten up. I thought at first she was killed, yeah. but she's there later on, I think. Well, I is think it, it was, only so. there in his own mind? I don't know. I've never read the manga or the anime or whatever. I've never read it. I'm not familiar with it. I'm only going based on the news and then, you know, this trailer myself. Right. But essentially, he's with this girl who gets assaulted. She, it could be deadly. It could not be. I don't know. But he wants to take revenge. So this book falls out of the sky and it's essentially, it looks kind of like the Necronomicon kind of, you know, it's like leather bound, but really creepy leather. And it says, whoever's name goes in this death note shall die. And Willem Dafoe plays a death God who essentially says, you write their name in the book. I kill them. And the kid goes on this murder spree for justice. Yes. But he becomes a vigilante. Of course, and in my mind, as I'm watching this, I'm like, yeah, Willem Dafoe's not being honest. This is of some sort not. of evil back-ended ploy. And it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. But it looks and great. It does. It does. And, you know, there's the whole aspect of people, you know, wanting to hunt him down because he's a vigilante. And he's putting up a tag wherever he kills people about, you know, justice for this girl. And 
Uh, yeah, it does. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun, and it's Netflix, so yeah. it's not like you're gonna have to race to the theater to see it. So that's even exactly. better. Exactly. Um, I watched the trailer for Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> I heard your voice dropping. Like I heard the disdain in your voice, and I knew exactly which one you were gonna say as you yeah, were saying because it's a video game, and and basically the Breakfast Club has detention. And they have to clean up a basement, and they come across an old video game. And when they pick their character, they get sucked into the video game, and now they become the character. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my first thought was, this should not have the Jumanji name on it. I agree. You said that, and I agree. Basically, the the thrill of Jumanji when it came out was that it affected the real world around them. You know, the things were coming out of the game and they were coming into the real world and attacking people and causing chaos. And so there were some real high stakes there. You had to finish the game so that everything would go back in. Otherwise it was going to destroy the world. You know, the jungle was spilling out and Robin Williams character had gotten trapped in there years ago. Like there were some real stakes here. And again, this is a board game. One yeah. single version of this board game exists. It's been cursed or given magic or whatever it is, but it's one single version of this board game. So it can sit on a shelf for 30 years and no one see it. And then some kids find it hiding in a basement or, or an attic or whatever it is. Like, oh, what's this Jumanji? Oh, let's check it out. It's a freaking video game. Yeah. It's a video game. Yeah. It's dumb. Like, if you took the word, the name Jumanji off this. Yeah. It looks good. It looks yes. like okay. a fun action blockbuster, great cast, uh, yes. uh, quirky idea. It's just the fact that the Jumanji name is attached to it that kind of irks me. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, like, okay, you're right. I'm being harsh on it, but the cast, like you said, it's great. You know, it's The Rock, it's Karen Gillian, it's even uh, even Jack Black kind of looks decent in it. That is him. Kevin right? Hart, yeah. You know, yep. Plus Kevin Hart, you know what I mean? So the cast is funny. You know, I mean, the comedy looks great in it, you know. I mean, it just, I mean, it does look like a decent flick yep. in that aspect. I just hate the fact that they're calling it Jumanji. Yes. I guess. Because I yes. really love the first one. And that's a movie that, like... You know, me and the wife and the kids, we all sat down, watched it together with some popcorn. They loved it. We loved watching it again. You know, Robin Williams is just awesome in it. I just, yeah. Yeah, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And then, of course, they have to play Welcome to the Jungle. Yes, in the trailer, which means it won't be in the movie. Right, exactly. But I guess if they just put a different name on it, I'd be okay with it. Yep, I definitely, like... Yeah, title aside, like, I thought that it looked like a fun movie. Yeah. Probably not an opening day at the no, box office. No, no, no. Um, maybe, someday. yeah, maybe if I was bored and somebody was like, let's go to a matinee, I'd probably take it in. Or, you know, more likely, uh, Netflix or an HBO kind of thing. Yeah. Um, definitely not like, I'll never watch that movie. It looks stupid, but it looks good. Just yeah. don't call it Jumanji because. Yes. Because Jumanji they, was its own thing. If they're gonna do Jumanji again, it's gotta have it's gotta be a board game again, and and have the real risks. Like they're sucked into the game, so I suppose the risk is there to them, but it 
it's not affecting the world around them. Like they're going to get ejected by the end of the game or the end of the movie, and you right. know we'll have learned lessons and not to judge people and blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. I'm blah. guessing that the kid who plays the Rock, because basically there's the nerdy kid who ends up in there as the Rock, yeah. and then there's the sports star black kid who's like really tall but ends up as Kevin Hart and makes lots of jokes about how short he is. And then there's the uh, quiet wallflower bookish girl who ends up as Karen Gillian. And, you know, her first comment is, why am I wearing a, a belly shirt and shorts in the jungle? And then there's the cheerleader prom queen type who decides to pick the avatar that is the curvy scientist. And it's Jack Black. Yeah. So my guess is. She'll do the least amount of growth because she'll spend most of the movie just like whining and complaining about her situation. Uh, the jock is going to realize that, you know, he likes being tall and so he, he wants to embrace that. And my guess is that the nerdy kid who plays the rock is going to end up falling for the bookish girl who is played by Karen Gillian. And, you know, by the end, they'll end up off together, you know, happily ever after because they realize that, they can be close and good and meh. No, I don't need to watch the movie. <laughs> I don't think you ever did. I think but. you just explained the whole movie for me. Yep. Um, yeah. Did you watch any uh, trailers? Any other trailers? Yep. I watched the uh, trailer for Marvel's Inhumans. I, too, watched that trailer. I'm excited. Um... It's going to be a TV show. It's the first one shot entirely with IMAX cameras. Still not sure why they had to do that. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't get that either, but whatever. Um, they did a good job in the trailer of explaining, without fully explaining, that this group of Inhumans, which these are the original Inhumans. These are the first society of Inhumans. Right. Uh, they, uh, they don't live on Earth. They don't say specifically where they do. I believe it's the moon. But it could be another planet. But they say that, you know, they want to go to Earth. And uh, their leader, Black Bolt, they do a very good job in the trailer of giving you the sense that he doesn't talk. He doesn't speak. He doesn't make noise. And there's that one scene towards the end of the trailer where he gets accosted by the cops. And they hit him right in the solar plexus. And he's like, ooh. And just that little ooh blows away two or three cop cars. Yeah. Sends them flying. Um, but it seems that his brother has had enough with living in exile or living up here, and he wants to go and conquer Earth, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. They definitely... Once a faction wants to go to Earth, others don't, uh, and there's infighting and mutiny, and then they're on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where it goes, because... They've integrated these universes so much. You have all these heroes there so much. It's hard to, like, it's hard to watch, like, the Inhumans and not say, okay, so where's the superheroes that are going to stop them? Right. Yeah. Is it going to be Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of thing? Or is it going to be the Avengers? Right. Where's the superheroes that's going to stop them? That's the only problem I see with this Marvel Universe, because they're making it so big, is when they're yep. including everything, it's like, okay, why? Like like Iron Man 3, the big thing with Iron Man 3, where's his friends to help him? Yes. You know? 
Which so. can be said for a lot of them. I, I was glad that with Civil War, you know, it was yeah. a Captain America movie, but it got everybody involved because it was you Avengers know, light, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then again, Guardians of the Galaxy's off world, so that makes yes. sense. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, which I'm very excited about watching, <laughs> is off world, so that makes sense. And I think the reason why I'm excited about Thor Ragnarok, I think so much, is because it is off world and it just has this. I don't know, just the look and the feel of the trailer, it just looks so good visually. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. And they really have some ground to make up after the second one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyways, going back. So, I'm excited about watching this series when it comes out. I'm a little annoyed that we're not getting S.H.I.E.L.D. till next January because of this series. Yep, I but, understand that. But I'm still excited about watching this. Yes, me too. Yeah. Um... um I got a couple news items. Okay, I do have one more trailer. Go ahead with it. It's called The Greatest Showman. And oh, is this about... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hugh Jackman is playing P.T. Barnum. Yes! Okay, I read about this. I heard about this. Didn't know there was a trailer out. I'm going to yes. watch it as soon as we're done recording. I'm excited to see this because it sounded yep. great. It's a musical, which was unexpected for me. Ooh! That's even and, better. Yeah. And it's Hugh Jackman, Zach Efron, um, Michelle Williams, Zendaya, who she's the girl who's going to be in the upcoming Spider-Man movie. Apparently she's a pop star or something like that. Uh, it looks really good. It's very upbeat. It's very musical. Um, you know, he talks to Zach Efron at one point and he's like, you know, you've got a, you've got a, uh, what did he say? You've got a talent for show business. And Zach Efron's like, show business? I've never heard of that. And he's like, that's because I just invented it. And it looks like it could be a fun documentary musical type thing. It, it's not really documentary, but it's supposed to be the like story a, like of... A, like a docudrama? Kind of, yeah. Or an autobiography. Yep. Or not auto, yep. but a biography. I mean, biography pick. But, uh, but yeah, the story of, you know, right from the beginning, him getting laid off because their company went bankrupt that he was working at. And yeah. What's he going to do? And forming the circus. forming. And it's almost apropos that movies coming out this year <laughs> when this is the last year the Barnum and Bailey Circus is, in, is, is pouring. They're done. Yep. I think they might have planned it that way, which good yeah. for them. I mean, this seriously, the circuit, like, he, it's almost sad to say that that circus is done. And it I has know. a lot to do with animals and all that stuff I realize. So it'll be the type of thing as we put on other lists before that like your grandchildren will never know well, of the Barnum Bailey Circus. Yeah. You know, honestly, I never went to the Barnum Bailey Circus. I never had the opportunity to go. Like it, Well it's Maine. I mean exactly. they, they come up to what, like Massachusetts at best? Uh, uh New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire, the Verizon Wireless Arena is the closest they've come. Gotcha. And it's just never a scenario where it works out where it makes sense to go, type of thing. Um, when we still get the Shrine Circus, you know, every year, but it's mm-hmm. not the same. It's not. It's not. It's not the same. No, it's not. You know, but um, I don't know. It's kind of sad. It's very sad. Regardless, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get on the big nostalgia kick of how things were when we were a kid and how they're not the same now or how things are different or whatever, because we could, we'll talk forever. And, uh, but, um, yeah, and it, I think it's just kind of sad. Yep. But check out the trailer. It looks yeah. good. Oh, the I'm greatest showman. 
I have it queued up. So as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to watch it before I go take Excellent. Um, so a couple news, news things. I read one thing. Uh, season 14 of Supernatural will be the final season. So for you big Supernatural fans, you only got two more seasons. God. That's, that's just terrible. Yeah. Nine seasons beyond when it should have stopped. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but I, you know, I'm agreeing. I know you, you like the last one, but this last season was actually really good. So, yep. And then the last thing, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this because this is kind of two years in the making, if you will. Uh, the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel, Leatherface, finally has a release date, uh, September 21st, exclusively on Directv. And then October 20th, it'll have a limited theatrical release, which obviously won't mean Maine, and it'll come out on Video On Demand otherwise. But this movie started filming back in 2015. Like, it's been done for a couple years. Um, But basically, this is the synopsis, and I think it's kind of cool, actually, the way they're doing it. It's uh, about teenage Leatherface, so we don't know who he is. He escapes from a mental hospital with three other inmates, and they kidnap a young mer, a young nurse, I mean, and take her on the road trip from hell. But basically, this is what it is. You have four characters that all escape this insane asylum, and you have no idea which one of them is Leatherface, and they have a hostage, and they go on a road trip, and they cause chaos wherever they go and they're being hunted down by a as they're calling equally deranged lawman who's out for revenge on one of them so we don't know which one's leatherface you know what i mean so i think that's kind of a neat concept yeah i could see that because you're you're gonna spend the movie going okay which one's leatherface which one's leatherface because we've never seen his face he wears a mask made of human skin right so it's not like you can say well, that kind of looks like you know like you know what i mean Kind of looks like him. That kind of could be him. You know, like in the movie Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, which I still say is a phenomenal movie, his first one. His second one is dog shit. Uh, for as awesomely great as this first one is, his sequel is just as awesomely horrible. But you know who Mike Myers is in that movie is from the beginning. So you're watching Mike Myers as a kid. You know who he becomes and, you know, when he grows up to be and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's still great. But in this case, you don't know which one of these is Leatherface. So... Are they going to do a big swerve, or in the end, he's been the quiet kid the whole time? Is he going to be the kid that's loud and boisterous from the get-go? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited about watching it, though. I want him to turn out to be the girl that they kidnapped. That would kick ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the only thing I have left to talk about is Doctor Who. Uh, same here. <sighs> okay, so... I'm a fan. How about yourself? <laughs> I am also a fan. Do you feel at all cheated? Because we're going to spoil the shit out of this, folks, so stop listening. Do you feel at all cheated that at the end of the episode, you didn't get to meet the new Doctor? Uh, no, because I expected it. Like, I knew that they they hadn't made any announcements. There hadn't been any like exactly, hints yeah. or anything like that. So I knew that we were not going to. So going into it, I was like, nope, don't just yeah. keep your expectations low. And and several weeks ago, when I saw that Stephen Moffat was direct, had written or directing or whatever it is the uh, the Christmas special this year, I went, oh, that's when it will happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's when it will happen. Is in that Christmas special. 
Um, but I, I thought this was a great episode. Absolutely. Um, I thought, um, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with how they handled Bill. Yes. I, I actually was as well. And because in, in the world of BBC and especially Doctor Who, yeah. that is the kind of thing that could happen. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm actually, I'm a big fan of the ending. Yeah. So going back to episode 11, it opens up with the doctor stepping out of the TARDIS on this snow or ice planet and he drops down to his knees and he starts to regenerate. Yep. And then, you know, we obviously we've talked about in great detail episode 11 world, uh, world enough of time. So still a weird title. Yeah, it is. Skipping ahead to the doctor falls. Um, oh God, so great episode. And there's so many great moments about it. It's about, you know, and, and, you know, essentially it, it picks up where the, uh, it kind it picks up where the episode 11 ended off. Correct. Pretty well. Um, you know, and, and they do a great job where you have the doctor and Missy and the master. Oh my, so much great stuff happened this episode. You have the doctor and Missy and the master. And the doctor basically sets it up, you know, he's reprogrammed the Cybermen to identify the Time Lords as potential hosts. So now they're coming for them because they have two hearts. Exactly. Yes. And so they have to work together now to stop them. So it's there, because when they open it up, they're going to kill the doctor. Mm -hmm. They're giving him the option how he wants to be killed. And now they're going to work together to stop them. And they do, but they do with help from Bill. Right. Because Bill somehow has retained enough of her humanity, even though she's a Cyberman. And the Doctor kind of mentions that. You know, he talks about her time with the monks and how she, unlike most other people, was able to hold on to herself. Yeah. And, you know, resist their urges, etc. Yes, exactly. So, in episode 11, we saw Bill wake up from the table... And she had that thing on her chest, and mm-hmm. so we couldn't see it. And then the assumption is is that she's down there for 10-plus years or whatever with this guy, and then at the end of the episode, it's revealed that she is essentially the first Cyberman, if you will. Right. Here's the thing. Was she Bill that whole time, or was she a Cyberman? See, they don't... <coughs> excuse me, they don't tell us, but I, I think she was Bill. Because even in this episode, the doctor talks about that. He says, you know, they took you into what do they call like the conversion room yes. or the conversion theater or something. Um, so there was definitely that step as well where she had to go in there and receive the full treatment. Because in this episode, we see Bill as Bill the majority of the time. It's like... Yes. When the doctor's talking to her or when she's talking or whatever, we see her as Bill, but in reality, everyone else actually sees her as a Cyberman. Yep. With the Cyberman-type voice, if you will. Which was done very well. Yeah, and um, <coughs> so I, that's why I'm like, do you think she was a Cyberman the whole time? In that I episode do not. As well. okay. I, I totally get where you're coming from, and it's right. a cool concept, but yeah, I think, because remember, their big thing, too, in the last episode, in number 11, when she went in there, was they said that Basically, she had to come in there on her own, like, 
they couldn't just force her in. It had to right. be like a, she wanted to go in kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so essentially you have the, the doctor. They're on this new level. It's like 500 something is where they ended up. I think it was like 504. Yeah, 507, something like that. This is where yeah. they ended up. Which this ship is tremendously huge. And this world oh, yeah. is made to look like a beautiful countryside. Yeah. They said the ship itself is four miles long. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there is, I guess, early versions of the Cybermen that somehow got up to that level. Mm-hmm. And they have them as scarecrows, but every once in a while they come alive, and so they shoot them all? Yeah. Basically, they have some early versions who are adapting and evolving. Yeah. And the way I got it was that they come out of wherever they are, like in the fields or in the forest or whatever, and they try to kidnap children so that they can add to their ranks. Exactly, yes. And then people, you know, the people fight back and, and knock them down, kill them, whatever, and then string them up as scarecrows. Yes. But sometimes, you're right, they're not all the way dead. Um, so, I just read this when I was reading the, the recap of this so we could talk about it, but I didn't sure. pick up on this in the episode. So, but I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, that's how my brain is right now. I'm just, I want to talk about the coolest parts, but we have to talk in order. Right. <laughs> so, um, we're on this planet. We're on this, this level, not, I mean, a planet. We're on this level of the ship and they've got, Bill is, is locked up as a Cyberman, if you will, in the barn. The doctor is healing, but he seems to be better, but clearly he's slowly, he keeps showing signs of regenerating in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Missy and the Master are kind of have a weird, almost self-loving relationship at times. Especially him to her. Yeah, which is... He says to her a couple of times things like, you know, is it wrong that I'm kind of... And she's like, yes, it is. Yes. And I do like at one point, I don't know if it was in episode 11, I know it was definitely in this episode, where he makes a comment of, like, obviously they've talked about it, but they don't go into detail because it's a passive comment where he goes... I, I can't believe you don't remember how I became you. Right. You know, and she just kind of dismisses it, which then, like, one of the things we talked about last week where you had read or heard or whatever, or, you're, or you theorized that Missy isn't actually the master. Right. Um, but, so I went, ooh, maybe maybe that gives credence to that. And then obviously we see later on, no, that's not it at all. She, she nope. probably does clearly remember. Well, she made mention to him when he said that she, it was kind of like an under her breath thing, but she basically said, um, let me remember how she said it. She said, we're both here. So the timeline is out of whack. Basically she was saying that he couldn't remember these things either yeah. because their proximity to each other was causing something in the time stream. Okay. That can make sense. Wibbly wobbly timey wise. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that could make sense. Um, so anyways, basically the long and the short of it's this. They're on this, they're on this, this level. Um, they want to get the people out of there. The Cybermen are going to be coming for them. Um, especially once they find the elevators to try to get up and she calls the elevator and a Cyberman comes out. Yeah, but it's a, it's a future Cyberman. Yes, because it's been, again, thousands of years already down there or whatever it is. Um, Bill helps them kill the Cyberman. And now they're like, all right, now our time is cut short. So basically they develop a plan 
to get the Cybermen up there, try to kill as many as they can, and then get these people up to another level. Yep. Fair enough? Yep. Okay. So, um, the Doctor is still slowly regenerating. Missy and the Master? Missy has a plan. She's like, isn't your TARDIS down there? On the bottom level. And the Master's like, yeah, but it's broken. And they do that whole, like, Bill and Ted, a don't forget to yes. keys gimmick. Yep. She's like, I remember a very angry woman pinned me up against the wall here and told me to always carry a spare time dilation yeah. circuit. And sure enough, she has it. Yep. So the plan I'm thinking is, all right, they're going to go down, get that TARDIS, come back up to get the doctor and save people. Right. So, because they can't go up to get the doctor's TARDIS because of the way the time flows differently. By the time they long. got up there, there would have been thousands of years that had passed overall. It would seem like moments to them, but it would be th- thousands of years for the Cybermen to evolve and get a plan together and get ready to kill them. Exactly. And so the doctor does his a last plea to the master and Missy to stay and help them to fight for something, to mean for something. And there was a lot of desperation in his voice. Oh, massively. Like, he knows, I don't do this for glory. I do this because it's the right thing to do. Don't you want to be right? Like, you look at last season when he showed up on Gallifrey, you know, and he drew the line in the sand and he was, you know, making speeches, but it was much more confident and like, I got this shit. And this one was almost like he almost was going to go down on his knees to beg them. And the master's basically like, I haven't listened to a word you said. Ta-ta. Yeah. And Missy, on the other hand, you get the feeling that it has affected her. That yep. she has changed. But ultimately, she just says, nope, sorry. Sorry, Gotta no, take sorry. care of myself. Yeah. Yep. And heads off. And then, okay, so now we go back and the doctor basically, you know, he's like, oh, we have to do this and someone has to detonate the bomb. And Nardo's like, oh, I'll do it. And the doctor's like, uh, no, no, you won't. I'm going to be doing it. And so they fight about that for a little bit. And then I guess he, I don't know how, like, he, he suckers Nardo into going by saying you're strong. One of us is stronger than the other. Yep. Now, I couldn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if that was taken as that's him saying I'm going to be dying soon. I can't, I'm not strong enough to save them, which he would regenerate and be able to be strong enough to save them. Right. Or... He was playing on Nardo's ego. I think it was a little bit of both, honestly. Yeah. That's how I took it. Um, I like how this season, just to interject here, we, I love Nardo. I, I think he's awesome. I've enjoyed him this season, yes. Um, but we've never found out exactly what he is. Nope. He Not makes a lot of offhanded mentions about like having different body parts or different parts of himself that he's picked up in different places or that he's swapped out or like oh blue i think i'd like to be blue again yeah yeah so you never really get a full answer on who or what he is overall but i think that's kind of cool it's it's kind of part of his character yeah you're right um so essentially the doctor's gonna sacrifice himself Nardo leaves stick by him. Bill decides she's going to stay as well because she doesn't. She's losing her humanity and doesn't want to be a Cyberman. Yep. And this is her choice to stay because at first Nardo's like, "You're coming with me, young lady," and Bill's like, "No, I'm not." 
Because Tenardo, yeah. even though everyone else except the Doctor sees her as Cyberman, Nardo mm-hmm. sees her as Bill. Oh, and let's not forget that she has been crying, and the Doctor has used that. He said, yes. where, there's, where there's tears, there's hope, because yes. that is not something that is possible for a Cyberman. Exactly. Um, but she's going to stay, so Nardo leads the people off through the duck system, and then they come out to the elevators, and as far as we know, they've gone up. They went yep. up to the several floors, and, you know, Nardo is standing there waiting by one of the elevators with the kids, basically, like, you know, he has hope that they're going to come up still. Right. That Bill or the doctor are going to come up. But otherwise, he's now, you know, he's helping these people. Yep. And the doctor's whole plan is that he's going to get all the Cybermen there on that one floor and then yep. blow the floor. Yep. Now, real quick. So yeah. Nardo is now going to live the rest of his life on this spaceship that's slowly being sucked into a black hole? No, no, no. It's slowly escaping a black hole. Oh, that's right. It's slowly escaping a black hole. I'm sorry, so, but yeah. So I got the impression that, yeah, he would be here for whatever it takes, however long he lasts being whatever yeah. he is, and then would probably help them colonize wherever they're going and then maybe jet off into the universe to do whatever. So I wonder if we'll see him later. God, I hope so. Um, because obviously as we keep talking, yeah, I wonder if we'll see him later. So, yeah. um, so this is the thing that I read that I don't know if this is, is, is accurate. So we have now Nardo's escaped. He's up to the floor. Oh, we got Missy and the master. Uh Uh-huh. This is a pretty big scene, huh? Yeah. (laughs) They're at the elevator shafts and Missy's decided that, you know what? I am going to help the doctor after all. Stand with him. Stand with him, yeah. And she betrays herself. Yeah. And kills herself. But doesn't really because right. he, she's also creating herself. Yeah, so she stabs him, and she's basically like, you have enough time to get down back to your TARDIS and repair it before your regeneration kicks in and you become me. Yep. And then she turns to walk away. <laughs> And then the master then unloads everything <laughs> from his uh, sonic La- screwdriver, sonic laser, laser, screwdriver. laser screwdriver, into Missy. And this, it shoots her in the back, basically. Yep. And then she drops. And then he makes the comment of, don't even try to regenerate. You got the full blast and you're done. Yep. Which is like, what? That can happen? That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think that was a thing either, but apparently. But that's the thing is, too, she keeps laughing. Yeah. Like, laughing and laughing at him as he's saying that and saying, I will never stand with him. Yeah. And essentially, I don't know, is she laughing because she's laughing because she can't believe, like, you know, oh, she just killed herself. Right. She is, you know, it's not really suicide, but she decided to to become good, but her old self is so evil that he couldn't tolerate it. Right. And kills, essentially kills himself. Like, he makes the decision that he's going to kill her, and that's basically killing himself. Yeah, he's going to regenerate, and he's going to, you know, but is he, is he, is his thought, he'll never become her, so he, or like her, so he won't end that way? So he's going to redirect his own life or, you know, because think about it. I mean, like 
he's still going to regenerate as far as we know into Missy. Right. And then at some point, is this just all going to loop around and happen again? And this is how Missy's going to die. Because this is the thing about Doctor Who with the timelines where, you know, like she could live another 3000 years before this happens. Right. Right. You know, before this moment happens. So yep. I don't know. Anyways, it's pretty, that's because, you know, with the actress playing Missy's not coming back. Yep. And this is obviously how. But the master has always been and will always be a foil. Yes. So does that mean that he's going to regenerate into somebody else before Missy now? I I don't know. That could be an option. I think part of the reason that she was laughing was because she's going to regenerate. Oh, okay. Somehow. They'll, they'll find know. a way. That, I, don't I don't know. Or this could... Moffat could have just been arrogant enough to be like, nope, I'm ending the master. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so now we get the big fight scene. The Doctor is battling all the Cybermen and hasn't quite uh, exploded the whole world yet for some reason. And yep. then this is the thing that I read that I, I didn't pick up on this while watching this. But it says here that... Um, um, the Doctor fights off the Siren, but is shot by the now fully converted Bill. He proceeds to blow up the whole floor, killing himself, but Bill somehow hmm. survives. I didn't oh. think that that was Bill that was shooting I him. I didn't either. Yeah, but according to this, this is what it says. This is what this write-up says. So it makes me want to go back and watch it, but they're saying that, you know, because, yes, it was an older version of a Cyberman that was that essentially blasted him mercilessly, but um, I didn't take that that was Bill because we see Bill at the end. Right. Who somehow survives and is crying and feeling remorse and, and sad. Saddened by the doctor's death. Hmm. And not... So I'm like, but it, it, she couldn't have been the one to blast him if she's, you know, unless somehow the giant explosion would she somehow survive, even though she would have been at the friggin' epicenter with him. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know if I buy that, this write-up here uh, on Wikipedia, that that was Bill. But um, ultimately, the doctor blows up the floor, somehow confines the explosion in this floor only, doesn't damage other floors, I guess. Right. And and destroys all the Cybermen. Yep. And now we cut to, to Bill. And go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. I'm okay. looking something up because I want to okay. be able to add so, to this. So now we cut to Bill, and Bill is sad, and she's crying. And we look over, and Heather, which if you don't remember Heather, they did a great job giving you a little flashback right then, was the, the pilot. Yep. From all the way back in episode one. Yeah. The basically like the, the liquid creature alien species that can become anything. And the pilot then rises up from a puddle and it's Heather and comes over to Bill. And all of a sudden now Bill is outside of the Cyberman. And she, the Cyberman that was Bill collapses because Heather's now made Bill one of her species. <laughs> This yes. creature. And that is all related to the tears. The tears that the doctor talked about, the tears that we saw that she's crying, 
is her apparently Bill's tears are a part of are part of her tears are Heather, and that's how Heather's always been with her. Is through right. her tears. Which is kinda cool. That's yeah. how she knew to find her. That's how she knew to come and get her. Because they established that the pilot can do anything, go anywhere, be anything. It's like it an all everything species, even grander than the Time Lords almost. Yes. Um so this is how they save Bill, and we don't lose Bill. And Bill, then, as as the new liquid species, I don't know what the name of the race is. I'm just gonna say Bill is now like you know with Heather as you know that, that species. They somehow then blip the Doctor to the TARDIS, and now they're on the TARDIS. And yeah, they don't really get into the details of how they did it, but they just do it. Just sort of, just sort of happens. Yep. So they take the, the they they take him back to the TARDIS, and then Bill. Um, I guess it says here, using her species healing powers, brings him back before she and Heather leave the, the tech out the universe together. So, because we know the Doctor isn't dead. He's going to regenerate. So I, I, I don't think she did anything. I just think it took time for him to wake up. Um, but basically they're on the ship and the the Heather says to her, you know, like, I can bring you, I can take you back to your life. I can put you back in your body. Yep. It's simple. It's it's just Adams and this and that. I can do that. I can take you anywhere you want to go. What do you want to do? Essentially, mm-hmm. Bill's like, I want to explore the universe with you. Like, you have me back in time for tea or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. And ultimately, you know, they... Because they, she says, how can you run the TARDIS? I'm a pilot. I can fly anything. So Bill leaves the doctor to go with Heather. And... It's kind of surprising that she makes that decision when she could become human again and be his companion and help him, but at the same time, she just had a really rough, rough go of things for a while. And probably harbors kind of some still resentments towards him for it. Yep. Because, like she said, you know, like, you promised me you'd fix this. You told me to wait for you. I waited for ten years. Yeah. You know? And he's just like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, a couple of tears fall on the Doctor's head, and then she leaves to go take off across the universe with Heather. And then the Doctor wakes up in the TARDIS, and the TARDIS brings him to a place, which we've established in the season that, you know, the TARDIS can sometimes just take him wherever the TARDIS wants to go, where he needs to be. And he starts to regenerate. And they have this awesome scene when he wakes up, which I can't do it justice in words, but I got emotional watching it. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So basically he wakes up and he goes through, this is what I was looking up. Cause I wanted to make sure that I got them all right. Yeah. There, this episode had a lot of callbacks to earlier doctor who stuff before we even get into this back when the master and Missy had him tied up basically. And they were talking about how are we going to kill him? Missy makes a comment at one point. She goes, well, I know you've fallen. And that was a throwback to how um, Tom Baker died. Basically, yes. he was fighting the master, and he was he fell off the radio satellite dish, and the master escaped, and he had these little flashes of his companions landed, died, and turned into Peter Davison. Yep. Um, but basically, and, and there was also one in the barn where he offered the girl a jelly baby, which was a total Tom Baker thing. 
when he was the doctor, you know, offering people jelly babies. Um, but it was, um, when he first wakes up, he's like, <gasps> and he says, Suntarans are perverting the course of human history. And that was the first line that Baker said when he woke up as the doctor, you know, when he became the doctor for the first time, which was really a good throwback as well. Um, and then he proceeds to go through more of the lines, uh, first or last lines, not all of them, but a couple of them here and there. Like at one point he starts to regenerate and he fights it. He's like, mm, and he's like, I don't want to go, which of uh. course was, Tenant. Oh, see, that one got me because David yeah. Tennant's been my favorite. And when he, you know, th- just the way David Tennant delivered the line. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, and, bro, sorry. and that was his last line. And so Capaldi says it here, and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then, right after that, he gets the last half of Smith's line where he says, when I was the doctor, which Smith's full line was, I will always remember at the time when I was the doctor. And then he turned into Capaldi. And so this time he says the last part of that, you know, when I was the doctor. And then, again, starts to regenerate. And it's like, nope, nope, it's not happening. And ends up staggering out of the TARDIS into the snow where we saw him at the beginning of episode 11. And falls down and starts the process and then slams his hands into the ground and is like, no. Like, I've never seen this before. Well, he's never, like, stopped it. Like, fought it and stopped it. Like, David Tennant's character kind of did, but then he he, couldn't. When he redirected it into the hand? Yes. Yeah. But then he he couldn't. Like, ultimately, at the end, he just blipped like that. You know what I mean? After he said, I don't want to go, he blipped. Um, Yep. But yeah, I mean, I I liked, you know, Capaldi, like, with, with, like, Matt Smith... When he regenerated, like his version of the Doctor had kind of accepted. Yeah. You know, David Tennant's version was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want, I'm tired of this. Yeah. But Capaldi's- he had also kind of accepted it because he, he had that whole thing where he went around and said bye to him. Exactly. But then at the end, he still. And then with Peter Capaldi, he even says, you know, with, with the 12th Doctor, he even says, like, I'm tired of, of living someone else's life. Yes. I, I don't want this to happen anymore, you know? Yeah. So it was emotional. It really, really it was, was. emotional, yeah, yeah. And even more so because it didn't end. You know, yes. he kept fighting it and kept fighting it, and then he hears somebody talking, like they're mocking him. Yes. He, he says something, and I honestly can't remember what he says, but then the, this other voice mimics him, and he's like, who's out there? I'll have you know I am the doctor. And, ah, yeah. <laughs> He hears the doctor. You may be a doctor, but I am the doctor. The original, yeah. you would say, which he said down to the Cybermen when he was down on that deck. You know, he, that was the exact line that he said. The original, you might say. And the actor who played William Hartnell in uh, An Adventure in Time and Space steps out dressed as William Hartnell and faces Peter Capaldi, and I just about lost my shit. I know, yeah, me too. I'm like, holy shit, it's David Brown. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I thought that's perfect. I love it. I love the, I love the the concept of it. Yes. And unfortunately for me, like 
I didn't have it completely spoiled, but like I was deciding, I'm like, do I want to watch this? Do I not want to watch this? And I'm scrolling through Instagram on my phone and B- I follow BBC. Oh America. no, I do too. And all it said was, it was just text and it said, the doctors will return in Christmas. And I'm like, well, now I have to watch it because yeah. obviously I'm not going to be able to escape whatever spoiler this is. Yeah. So it wasn't completely spoiled. I was still very impressed with it, but I was like, yeah, they forced my hand. And I'm I glad just, they did. I love the fact that for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Adventures of Time and Space was, I think it came out in 2013, I want to say. And it was a yep. docudrama. And it, was it was before Capaldi came on. Exactly. And basically what it is, it's a BBC thing. And basically what it is, is it's the story of William Hartnell portraying the first Doctor. Yeah. And how the show got started, essentially. Exactly. It's a pretty cool. If you haven't seen it and you're a Doctor Who fan, then you're missing out. You really have to watch it. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, it's basically, hey, this is how your one of your favorite shows was created back in the 60s. And it was really well done. And it was. I am not spoiling this at all, but I will say the final scene of that show yes. like hit me right in the gut. Holy crap. Final, that hit me in the gut. The final scene of, of Adventures of in Space and Time or this episode? Yep. In, oh, okay. The Adventures of Time and Space, yeah. Um, anyway, so, but David Bradley, the actor, plays, portrays William Hartnell, who yep. was the actor that played the first Doctor. So I thought that was really cool. Like they've kind of come full circle, and now David Bradley is playing the first Doctor on Doctor Who. So ah. he's been in a bunch of stuff. The thing I always know him the best for, other than this, is uh, he played Filch in the Harry Potter movies. So if anybody out there is going, "Who's David Bradley?" Filch in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I just it was a great episode. Super, it really super was. good episode. Really powerful. Really well done. Just. If you're a big Doctor Who geek, yeah. It, like, simultaneously, I'm excited for the Christmas episode. Yep. I am not excited for the spoilers that are going to come in between now and then. Yep. Um, there's speculation out there. People went a little bit nuts because there's one line in the show, and I'm going to be rewatching it again today. But at some point in there, it has to do with the whole, you know, Doctor and Master and Missy and Bill and, uh, somebody, one of them says while they're all together, they're like, so what is the future going to be all girl? And the, and the doctor says, Oh, we can only hope so. Yes. I picked up on that as well. And something. people are like, is this a hint? Is the next doctor a female finally? And so they're kind of going nuts over that. And I could actually see it based on these last two episodes. Like, when you when we talked about this in the beginning of this season, my stance was no, they'll never do it because they've got a new showrunner, a new doctor. They're not going to want to upset the status quo and you know get people pissed off. Now that I've seen this whole season, especially these last two episodes, I could totally see them doing that. I would hope that if they choose to have a female doctor, it's not because um, oh it's about time we have one, so we're going to do it because of this. I hope they do it because they found someone that they feel could play the doctor. Yes, and would be brilliant at it, and will make you like it and make you watch it because it really does change everything about kind of the show. Yes, and that's what I was going to add. Not just that they found a great actor, but that they said, this is the direction we want to take the story in, and it would work so well if we did it like this. You know, right. have an actual idea, not just have it be as a gimmick, but right. have it laid out so that, like, 
I've planned for the next three seasons, this is the arc that we're going to go on, and it would work perfectly in this respect. Right. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Because they've done stuff, you know, with the other Doctors, with the other seasons, with the other everything else, you know, when, when they've established this, that, and these stories and everything, like, you know, like, we haven't, we haven't met, um, oh, I'm brain cramping, the Doctor's wife. River? Okay, it is River. For some reason, I was thinking River Tam, and I'm like, no, that's not it. No, River Song. No, it's River Song. It still was a river. Okay, all right. So I was halfway. Anyways, you know, like, River Song, obviously, like, you know, she's been around forever, knows the Doctor, on and on and on, but then did she never meet this new version of the Doctor before in her life? Right. You know, so how does that fall into place? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Yeah, I am, too. How it's going to work, so... <laughs> But anyways, I'm excited. Me too. Great cap off to a great series. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Anyhow, I guess that's it. I guess that's yeah, it. I think that's all I got. One thing I want to note Martin wanted us to pass on uh, sure. when it comes to the show is that here in the coming weeks, uh, there's going to be a new website going up. And the show's going to be hostedly a little different on the website. And so, uh, to subscribers out there who automatically have the show pop up every week to download when it's, when it's uploaded, um, you may have to, um, do a, research it and then recreate a new download link. Cause it's gonna be from a different feed. Am I saying that alright, John? Yes. Yep. Okay, good. I, I got what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, you, I don't know when that's gonna be. Obviously, we'll keep you updated. We'll post it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, yep. But yeah, so there's going to be a new a new uh, feed. You're going to have to re re uh, reload most likely once it, uh, the new website goes up. Didn't he say that there were some things that it wouldn't affect? Yeah, but he wasn't a hundred percent sure, so he just right. wanted us to give people the heads up that this might happen. So. And like Mike said, once we have all the details, or once we've got a better grasp on this, it'll go out on Twitter. It'll go out on the Facebook page. We'll keep you guys in the loop, as it were. Absolutely. So. But otherwise, uh, our Twitters are, I'm at SuperstarML. I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? The Facebook is What Did You Watch? This week, go give us a like, and uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. <laughs>